Hey friends, welcome to Girls Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. So as I'm continuing to share past Girls' Night conversations, we have something super special and a bit different for you in today's episode. Today, my dear friend Mari is hopping into the host chair, and she's going to be interviewing me. But she's not just interviewing me. I'm not in that guest chair alone. Sitting right next to me is my sweet husband, Carl Wilson. That's right, we have a boy here at Girls' Night, but I promise he's worth the invite. I wanted to share this episode again because this week is mine and Carl's seven-year wedding anniversary. I cannot believe it has been seven years. And so in honor of our anniversary, I wanted to go back to the beginning and share the story of how we met, started dating, knew each other was the one, and more. So that's what we're talking about today. In our conversation today, Mari is asking me and Carl all the questions we're asked most often by my readers and listeners, questions we rarely get a chance to answer. We're going to be sharing how we met, all about our first date, how we knew each other was the one. We'll be sharing our best dating advice, our best advice for how to prepare for a really great marriage, and so much more. This conversation was so much fun. Carl is hilarious and so, so wise. I cannot wait for you to get to know him better. But before we dive in, I have a resource I want to share with you. Friends, have you ever considered going to therapy but felt totally daunted by the logistics? Finding the right counselor feels like an impossible task, and even if you can find one, paying for therapy is a whole other thing. It can be really expensive. If you've ever thought about getting some counseling but found yourself stuck here, I have a resource that can help. It's Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is a website where you can get matched up with a Christian counselor for professional online therapy sessions. They're amazing because they'll help you get traditional mental health counseling, but from a Christian perspective, and you can do it all online, all from the comfort of home. Faithful Counseling has made the process of finding a great, affordable Christian counselor so easy, and they've also made it a lot more affordable. Now, while I love traditional in-person counseling, it can cost more than $100 per session, which just makes it a total no-go for so many of us. But Faithful Counseling is significantly less expensive, and they have financial aid available. Friends, if therapy is something that you've been considering or something you think might be helpful for you right now, head on over to getfaithful.com slash girlsnight to learn more about them. And I'm so excited about this. Because they're one of our amazing podcast sponsors, Faithful Counseling was so generous to give our Girls' Night listeners a special offer of 10% off their first month of counseling. So to check it out and to get 10% off your first month, just go to getfaithful.com slash girlsnight. Again, that's getfaithful.com slash girlsnight. All right, friends, without any further ado, let's hop into the episode. Oh, you guys, I am so excited about what we have today on the podcast. I'm sitting here with Mari, who you guys know and love, and also someone else you know and love who's not a girl, but is the only man ever to be invited, who will ever be invited, I think, onto Girls' Night. Whoa. We're sitting here with my husband, Carl Wilson. I feel like we need a round of applause. Yeah, Carl. <laughs> Carl, Carl. yeah that's Carl, bold. Carl, the, I'm the only Carl. guy who will ever be invited. I mean, who like, else would we Big invite? claim. I mean, maybe, maybe if it was someone really great or like really interesting. I mean, we would consider it, but it, this is just 
not any man is going like to be able to sit in this chair. Could probably come. Yeah. yeah, that's the level that I think. At. If I had a yes. girls' night, I'd invite the Pope. <laughs> that's Francis. Are yeah. you listening? <laughs> You're invite number one. Time. Yep. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> Bonjour. Oh, I've been waiting for you. He's <laughs> not. For he's you. not French. French. No, no, no. <laughs> oh my gosh, this has gone off the rails already. Um, so. The reason that we wanted to have Carl on the podcast today is because we get questions all the time from you guys, from our readers and our listeners about Carl and I, about um, how we got together, how we met, how um, long we were dating, how we kept boundaries in our relationship, just all these different things. Um, Y'all have so many questions for us and we don't get to answer them very often. And I feel like Carl, um, y'all haven't gotten to know Carl very well. And so I'm really excited to have him on here. Um, And we have Mari here just so that this doesn't go totally off the rails because it, mm-hmm. it absolutely could. Um, Carl and I could get just totally sidetracked. Um, so Mari actually is going to be our host for today taking and over again. Yeah, taking over. And I'm really actually a bit nervous because I don't know what she's going to ask us. So <laughs> <laughs> I know that's killing you. Steph likes to be prepared, and I just decided to come up with my own question. Yeah, so she goes. Just she doesn't know what's coming. We're just going to ask you some questions. I'm just going to dive right in. You've Please. decided to just give the people what they want. You've been elusive <laughs> for so long, and I feel like it was intentional. Yeah, absolutely. You were keeping an aura of mystery. Well, I, yeah, I try to, to maintain some kind of element of surprise, really. <laughs> it's not so much mystery as it is surprise. So that you can just come out with whatever you want, and everyone's just waiting on the edge of their seat. Uh-huh, the anticipation. I feel like I can hear just, like, the hordes of listeners. There's hordes of them yeah. in their cars just chanting, Carl, Carl. Carl, Carl, he's finally here listening to the podcast. So last I checked, Carl's Instagram is is accurately self-described as food and bugs. Totally, yeah. So I was going to ask Steph, for the listeners who have maybe unsuccessfully tried to stalk Carl through your Instagram, yeah, maybe you could give just like the quick Instagram elevator pitch just like about this guy that you love so much. I I did my best attempt, so I was thinking I could share mine. And you could edit it. Okay. <laughs> cool. It worked on it for a while. I'm really glad you said food and bugs because truly his Instagram, like Carl is an amazing artist and designer. Wait, I'll say that in a second. But um, he, his Instagram really is pictures of food and pictures of bugs. Yeah. And like, that's it. That's, that's it. it. I'm just yeah. fascinated like by both. Like an annual photo of his wife, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But With that's a not, bug or but some again, food. Well, yeah, exactly. But again, again it's all about the mystery <laughs> and the element of surprise. It's very yeah. curated. I'm, it's impressive. Uh-huh. Okay, Marie, what's So your? here's mine. Bearded Hoosier, designing and laxing it up in Music City with my blonde boss babe and surprising depth of knowledge on many random topics. Okay. That's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Did I miss anything? Did no. I get the essence? No, that's of it. Carl? That is it. There's nothing else. <laughs> well, there's, uh, no, no uh-huh. I would I would add um, something about him being a designer. Um, mm-hmm. Carl is uh, designing and laxing it up. Yeah, designing, laxing it up. Shoot, sorry, man, I, I missed that. Uh, like laxing him. it up. If you're unfamiliar with the term laxing it up, <laughs> let's help you. Uh, Carl played at lacrosse all the way through high school and all the way through college. He played at Georgia Tech. Um, and the whole time I've known him, he's coached high school lacrosse for, um, in the two different places we've lived, he's coached high school lacrosse. Um, and so I spend a surprising amount of time at high school lacrosse games in the spring and it's pretty great. And it's fun because Mari's husband, Drew and Carl are both from Indianapolis and they play lacrosse against each other in high school. Weirdly enough. I know. Weirdly enough. Coach Carl. Coach Carl, yep. Mari, I think that that description is pretty... I mean, if you're going for, like, a high-level overview... <laughs> oh, that's... Come on. I mean... <laughs> I nailed it. Are you going to change your Instagram now? 
Maybe. I'll, I'll afford it. Yeah, send it to me and we'll look yeah. into it. It's pretty good. Yes. Uh-huh. It's pretty good. Yeah, all the details I want to add are already in there. I would say the surprising knowledge about everything, Carl is my go-to on everything. Like, no, that's why I added it because Steph, pretty much any time we're at work and a random question comes up, she'll be like, well, I'll ask Carl. I'm like, he doesn't know about that. Like, what are you <laughs> talking Like, sure enough. <laughs> he always does. He does. Yeah. Carl knows everything. And uh, he gets a little bit annoyed because I don't Google things. I just ask him. You're but it's Google. like, he's trained me to do that because he always knows the answer to things. Mm-hmm. And it's everything. Like, it's surprising things. I mean, he knows how to do so many things, but he, like, like building things and mm-hmm. carpentry and anything about a house and anything not about anything. not a I mean a lot of things but uh or like I mean everything from like Carl does this outfit match and he'll be like no change your shirt and then it will I mean he knows <laughs> everything so yep I, I think that's I think that's pretty good like last night I met a volcanologist for the first time which is a volcano expert and I, you know, started to share my cool volcano facts with Carl, and he already knew them. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Cool. Go on, but that, I don't, yeah. What would you add? No, I. I mean, I don't know. Beyond like between food, bugs, design, lacrosse, beards, and Stuff. knowing everything, I think you pretty much got it all covered. Hi, Perfect. No, that's. A, I mean, yeah, I don't know everything, but. Well, we're going to move into my rapid-fire question round then, and we'll find out what you do. Lightning round? Lightning <laughs> round. <laughs> Where's our sound effects guy? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, there we go. Yeah. There he is. Yeah, That's for you, Kelsey Bennett. different guy. All right, so I'm going to start with just a few questions. Rapid-fire. Please limit your answers to a few words and take turns answering. Steph, how long have you guys been married? We have been married for three and a half years. Carl, please explain the tattoo on your leg. Oh man, I was in, I don't know how to do it. Describe it for listeners. Okay, it's a it's a Celtic uh, Trinity knot, and I got it in Rome of all places. And the story is pretty cliche. I feel like we, I mean, as cliche as getting tattooed in Rome is, but like <clears throat> we were backpacking uh, through Europe, and I mean, kind of we had some time to kill. <laughs> we were, <laughs> but like I, I had wanted one for a long time, and so the. There's a longer story, but the short version is that we had been going around and traveling through Europe, and it was definitely a time of, like, you know, discovery and learning about myself and who I wanted to be. It was right after I graduated from college, and I had been going to all these museums and seeing all of these and old churches and seeing all these pictures and paintings and statues of Jesus. I mean, like, thousands of these and like Jesus on a cross, Jesus on a cross, Jesus on a cross, Jesus and Mary, Jesus on a cross. And that's a huge part of the story. But my where I was in life of discovering who God is and who I felt like God is in my life was smashing into this picture that I was seeing over and over and over in these churches and museums and stuff like that. And at the intersection of that, I kind of, you know, at this point in life was like, I think this just like God is bigger than this. God is Mm -hmm. bigger than the picture that we usually paint of him. God is bigger than the, the like classic Jesus on a cross. And obviously that's like a very important piece of the story, but that's not the whole story. Like it doesn't start there and it doesn't end there. Mm -hmm. And I fit into this somehow. And, and there are other pieces. There's a 
there's a trinity at work here, right? Like there's yeah. there's Jesus, but then there's also God the Father and the Holy Spirit, and I'm trying to figure out what their relationship is to each other and what my relationship is to them, and so that's why I got it. It's this symbol of this like both the history. It's like a very old historical symbol, but it also has kind of like it's folksy, and there's a like it's complex and it, I think it represents like more um, than just that. Like it's, I have no problem with you know, like cross tattoos and stuff like that. But for me, it's like, yeah, that's one piece of the story, yes. but I'm interested in like this bigger ongoing narrative. Ooh, good answer. <laughs> not rapid. No, not rapid. <laughs> but, but you made up for it. Yeah, the it's cool hard thing to... about this is that um, I know, man, this is off the rails already. But um, one, I feel like you need to know, like you said on the back of his leg, it's like on the back of his calf, just so you don't think it's like all the way up the back of it's his It's not large, but yeah. It takes up his whole leg. No, it's um, not large. The other thing that's cool no, is that not. Carl took this trip around Europe mm-hmm. um, and like discovered so many things about himself and about, about God. Um, and he was actually there... Um, you did it over the summer, right? Yeah. I think you showed up right after we left. Right, because right, you were there like spring semester. Mm-hmm. And so we had just graduated and we left uh, like middle of May and we were there until July. And so Carl was there like in when we were in so many of the exact same places just a few months after I left. So he and this like, is pre this, yeah, this is pretty, we didn't know each other, but so like right after the whole Lipstick Gospel story happened, he showed up um, in Europe right after me and got to experience new things about himself and God too. And I got a tattoo in Madrid while I was there. But so, it's not, but it's Celtic not a Celtic and it's not, in the, it's a small flower on my foot. Oh yeah, I knew that. Yep. All right. Back to the rapid. <laughs> yeah. <let's- laughs> Steph, when it comes to your celebrity couple name, do you prefer Carfony or Starl? <laughs> Uh, you must choose a name. Uh, it's permanent, so uh-huh. choose wisely. Speak now. Well, but the, the problem with this is that people will... The problem is we already it. have a couple name, and it's from Kathy Wilson, Carl's mom, and she calls us, and we get texts to the two of us called Starly. That's her name. Starly. But I'll oh, with, that's cute. What do you call it? Was it Carfany? Car- Carfany or Starl? I'll go with yeah. Carfany. Carfany. Oh, All right. You heard it here first. Starfany. <laughs> <laughs> this is permanent. All right, Carl. Carfany. Yeah. You like food. We've talked about this. What's yeah, the best meal everything. you've eaten in Nashville? One answer. Oh, man. The best meal. One meal. I the problem with with it is I don't have and maybe the reason why I love food so much is because I don't have a great memory for it. I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, I can tell you exactly what my favorite Every meal, meal is ever, your best meal. where I was, <laughs> what it was, and who made it, and the exact like what had this hint of saffron on the like. No, I don't. I'm not that. So I have to keep eating new good things constantly because I don't remember what the last good thing oh, is. Yeah. But um, we went to, there's a really good place downtown. It's actually in the Omni Hotel called Kitchen Notes. And it was just really good. And they have like, it's kind of classic, kind of creative, modern take on traditional Southern food, but they have this biscuit bar. Stop. And so you have like really good food, but then also the like, there's definitely a definite comfort food quality to it, which I really appreciate. When you say biscuit bar, do you mean make your own biscuit or do you mean... It's a bar. No, I mean, there's like multiple varieties of biscuits to Mm -hmm. to select. And they just keep filling. Like, 
They keep filling it up. I ate so many biscuits. Okay, that sounds like, amazing. To, like jams and so, so the uh, one big thing about me and food is I love sauces. Yeah, yeah. we both do, but yeah. sauces are pretty great. Sauces, so. sauce, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the, the biscuit, yeah, the, yeah, the biscuit bar plus all these jams and jellies and creative things to put on them. Which okay, so people visiting Nashville, Omni Hotel. Kitchen Notes. Kitchen, Kitchen Notes is a good spot to hang out. Secret, sauce. The secret to that is that if you go there, you can park at the hotel valet for free, and you don't have to worry about that. Carl, dropping the knowledge. Cha-ching. So, let's dive into your story, now that we're warmed up with our rapid-fire round. So, this is something that I think Steph really wants the world to know, and it's part of, like, her, I would say, big message, big life message. But your life doesn't start or improve when you get married, when you meet your person. But that you're all about your time as a single person. Mm-hmm. So instead of starting with you where you guys met, like that magic moment, mm-hmm. like let's zoom back and talk about your single lives for a little bit. Steph, you write about this a lot. And we have a course, the single life it. course. Yeah. Steph can tell you more about that. Um, how would you guys say that your single lives prepared you for marriage? <sighs> In so many ways. Mm-hmm. In so many ways. Um, I feel like part of... Part of my time being single was really hard um, because I I dated a lot, um, which was good. But every time you date someone, you have to break up. And so I got my heart broken a lot. Um, I went through some really brutal breakups. And so that was tough. And then there also was the element of you don't know when you're going to meet someone. Like you can do everything. And there are things you can do to like put yourself out there and, and connect with people and be meeting lots of people. There are things you can do to to kind of improve your chances, you know? Um, but at the same time, you don't get to decide or or know when this person is going to show up in your life. And so it's a lot of waiting and it's a lot of like, you don't know how to plan your life. Um, and so you're just sort of like feeling around in the dark and doing the best you can. And so I think that for a lot of my time being single, that was really frustrating um, and really hard and really, you know, painful and lonely and all the things. Um, but I also had this moment and I remember exactly where I was um, when I had this moment, but I, I realized I had two options. I could either, um, just wait and like focus on the longing and, um, just kind of put my life on hold until this thing, until this person showed up in my life, or I could make the most of whatever time I had. And, um, I actually, I talk about this in the course, so this is kind of giving something away, but I asked myself this question and I said, you know, just making this up. Um, if I knew that my person was going to show up in my life in four years, how would I, if I knew that and I could rest on that, how would I live my life today? And I started just kind of living my life as though that was the case. And there were a lot of things I wanted to do. Like, um, there were a lot of adventures I wanted to go on. I love traveling and there were so many trips and experiences I wanted to have. Um, I love girlfriends. I love my girlfriends. And so I really wanted to spend time with them and live with them and take road trips with them and see them and connect with them, go deep with them. Um, same with the Lord. Like I really, you know, as soon as I met him, I really wanted to, to dive deep in my relationship with him and have a really solid, like fulfilling relationship with him. And same with like my career. And, um, the other thing is I really knew that when someone was going to show up in my life, that there were some things about me and some things from my past and some things I, some broken pieces in my heart that were really going to hurt the relationship or not hurt it, but make it harder. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's one of the things I did while I was single was I really worked through some major insecurity in my life. Um, And, you know, I like went to counseling and I um, talked with great mentors and I really kind of went on a journey of like healing and self-discovery 
And um, those are the things I really like once I kind of made that decision that I was, I don't know how long this is going to last, but I'm going to like wring out every bit of goodness for as long as I have it. I'm going to, I'm going to like live it to the best of my ability for as long as I have it. Um, things really started to change. Did I answer the question? Yeah, I think so. That, you know, you became your best self. Yeah. Yeah. Carl, same question. Can you repeat the question? (laughs) How did your single life prepare you for marriage? Um, I think that it prepared me. I mean, the cheesy kind of answer is it prepared me for marriage by like preparing me to be in it like a man, like a normal functioning, responsible, respectful, honoring human. I think that it's this process of like, not that I totally agree that, and I'm an ad, like almost like an advocate, I feel like of when people ask for dating advice or, or I mean, marriage advice and stuff like that. Like the biggest thing that I tell people is that like marriage doesn't change you, that mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. <clears throat> at least not immediately, like it does, like, like any relationship does you change over time, like as you grow close to this person, but nothing met like happens where you wake up Saturday morning and you're you. And then Saturday afternoon you say these words and like somebody says, you're now man and wife. And then like you from like are different magically. Mm -hmm. Like then Sunday morning, you don't wake up a whole different person. You're still you with the same thoughts and feelings and emotions. And it's a process to become like a good husband. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me, like wanting to focus on, okay, when it's time for me to become a husband, like I want that to be my focus. Having my single life, I don't know how intentional it was. Like at some point it was intentional, but getting into a process of like, I want my single life, like Stephanie was talking about, to be about being the best version of me that I can become so that hopefully when it's time to like, when I meet that person and I'm dating them and then I get married to them, I don't have to focus on being the best me. I can focus on being the best husband. Mm-hmm. Right. That's like good, I, yeah. the more I know about me before we get married or the more I understand myself and, and have put good, like healthy habits and like thought processes and, and know what I need and what I don't need and what I, it's easy for me to, to give and what's hard for me to give mm-hmm. when I like, the more I can do those things, the better I'm setting myself up to when the time comes to need, like to have to grow into a good husband. I have the room to do that. Mm, Um, That makes a lot of sense. Travel was a huge piece of it. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't just like, I backpacked in Europe, but I also went on like mission trips in high school and learned a lot that way. And then like, uh, did the backpacking thing in Europe for a few months after I graduated. But then I did like Stephanie, I did the world race and I went to 11 countries for a year. I spent a year th- to not get too far into it where I was at a place that like set me up there for that was that I had just graduated. I had just done this trip for Europe. So I kind of had this taste for travel, but I had come out of a really long relationship and we broke up because I was not who I wanted to be. B, mm-hmm. And I knew I needed to figure some things out. Plus, it was like the heart of this recession and I couldn't get a job. And so I'm like, man, what do I want to do? I feel like I've been I'm supposed to be somebody that I'm not right. I'm supposed to I feel like I'm supposed to be somebody different than who I have become in my four years of college. 
how do I get back to that place? And I said, well, I feel like I've got this opportunity. I can't get a job. It's either like go do something I don't really love or go pursue this better version of myself. And honestly, like pursue God, pursue mm-hmm. who God wants me to be. And so I said, if I, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay spending a year figuring out who God is and what that means about who I am. Yeah. And that was absolutely huge. And so I did that. And three years later... I met, well, two years after I got back from doing that, I met Steph. And I think that that was a huge part. So. I feel like we avoided, um, a lot of people say, and I, I mean, people say that the first year of marriage can be really hard. And, um, and I don't know if we'll talk about that, but, um, like we've, I feel like we've been through a lot in our lives as a couple. Like we've just like, life has been kind of crazy the whole time we've known each other. But, um, I feel like marriage, we've avoided so much hardship in marriage because of the growth that we both did in our own lives, like pursuing our own health and our own freedom from things that have kind of messed with us in the past and, um, and, you know, pursuing our own identity and like our identity in Christ and and getting to know God better and like, you know, having a really great community around us, like all of those things, our marriage is so much better than it would have been if we had gotten married a couple years before, because we just did a lot of personal growth and Mm -hmm. healing and discovery. The relationships piece was huge and not even romantic relationships. It was that we both had, had really good friends before, but there are periods in our lives where we intentionally worked on how to have healthy relationships, like non-romantically, right? Like I am not like, there are certain things I had a lot of different roommates for a while, not like just because that's what life kind of throughout me and it wasn't bad but instead of seeing it as oh I have all these different roommates and I don't like I just want a girlfriend or whatever it's like how do I eventually I will have somebody who will become my roommate for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. how can I use this time to learn how to be a better roommate yeah how can I use this time to learn how to be a better coworker? because that's another like all of the things are applicable it's that practical stuff that you don't necessarily mm-hmm. right. think about when it comes right. to marriage. But yeah, you're still a roommate with someone. Right. You still work together, your partners in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. I would say that's yeah. I think what you both sort of have mentioned that I think is my favorite part about being involved with the single life course is that I feel like Steph, the way that you describe making the most of your single life is pursuing God and pursuing the best version of yourself as two sides to the same coin. Mm -hmm. And I think that's super important. It's sort of like the core of your mission. It's sort of what you guys are describing, that you go on these journeys of self-discovery while also at the same time, it's the same thing as diving into this relationship with Christ who does give us our identity and define us. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll do a quick plug. The single life course is awesome, not just (laughs) to learn how to make the most of your single life, Mm -hmm. but to learn how to pursue God wholeheartedly and with intention and purpose beyond just like read your Bible. Cause you know, your Sunday school teacher told you to. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm going to dive. I'm going to keep us moving along. So please do. Let's start. We, we will not. We'll hang out <laughs> and yeah, yeah. We'll hang out. yeah. 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 So you guys are from totally different places. Carl's from Indiana. Steph's from Denver, Denver. How did you guys meet? How did you end up? Well, Carl sort of touched on it, but wait, let me do, let me do the general, but then, well, yeah. Then I have a more specific question. Oh, okay. So just like okay. the location. In general, we, so like Carl mentioned, um, he did something called the World Race, an 11-month mission trip to 11 countries. Um, he did that pretty quickly after he graduated college. And he went 
Um, and then I think you had already gotten back by the time I left. Yeah, I got back and I was, I went on staff, um, there with that organization after I got back. With um, the organization that runs the yeah, world runs, race. Yeah. Runs the world race right. And then I went on the world race. Um, and then when I got back, they hired me too. And so, um, we were coworkers. We worked in the marketing department and, uh, yeah, Carl wasn't technically my boss. He was my, absolutely my superior though. Like, I don't know if you could have scandalous. I know. I did not know this. Really? No. Yeah, Yeah. 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 I knew you worked together, but I didn't know that you were the superior oh no he for sure was yeah. yeah it was yeah there were times like carl would have to be i would like make a video because for when i first got there i was on the um like video team and i'm putting together like promo videos and stuff and so i would like have this great idea and work really hard for months on this video and then i'd be like carl who's the creative director what do you think and he would totally show me why it wasn't good enough <laughs> and then we had to go on a date so <laughs> we learned how to work together really it was so good uh-huh. for us though. interesting it was so good for us. Yeah. sparks flying in the marketing department totally totally all kinds <laughs> okay so as you guys are making sparks in the marketing department what were you looking for at that point in a significant other choose three qualities only three Whoa. yeah to okay. narrow it down we gotta keep it moving yeah yeah, yeah. go ahead I wanted someone who really loved the Lord, um, so, so someone who had a really, like, solid faith. Um, I wanted someone who would be my best friend, um, someone who would, like, be my bud, walk, like, walking through life. Um, and, oh gosh, picking a third one's hard. I mean, I was looking for a lot of things. Um, a great beard? A great beard. I think yeah. I was looking for someone who was um, really, really kind also, because I think you can find some, t- like, I think that... Those three things don't often all exist in one person. And yeah. so those are things I was really looking for. Good answers. Carl, good, answer. good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Um, I was looking for somebody who. This is a common reading reader question and listener question. Mm-hmm. What was what are, I? Well, what are godly? Like, what are the good guys looking for? We know yeah. what terrible humans are looking for. Both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was looking for somebody who. I mean, I don't want to sound cliche, but I, I was looking for somebody who was living a good story. I was looking for somebody who was passionate about things and who was who was working towards something and had like goals and ambitions and and was kind of and the, the distilled version of that is like I was looking for somebody who was making things happen mm-hmm. in their life who wasn't expecting me to come in and make things happen for yes, them, right? Like that was a big part of it. I think. Uh, I was looking for somebody who I could talk to about anything. So who had, um, who I didn't feel like I had to keep things from or wouldn't like, I mean, somebody who would accept me. And one of the, one of the things that we said early on was like, in order to kind of, I think in a lot of ways, in order to forgive people and and really in order to show people grace, like you have to have needed it Hmm. in your life. Mm -hmm. And so this is one of those areas where like, it it wasn't so much that um i wanted somebody who had like made a lot of mistakes it was some <laughs> i wanted somebody who who understood the importance and and of forgiveness and grace yeah. and and compassion yeah, and yeah. and and that kind of stuff because they had needed it Be- like that makes sense yeah totally. it's just part of i think our shared story and really yeah. kind of all of ours yeah but, and then the third thing I think is that I wanted somebody who was really fun. 
and who I like, like, I just wanted something I really liked being around. And, and kind of like Steph said, like, your best friend or whatever, but yeah. like somebody who, given the choice, I want to hang out with you. Yeah. You could totally have that. Good answers, guys. Cute answers. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. 
You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. So this was another one we sort of got like different iterations from a lot of readers on. How did you guys get to the place where you knew that you liked each other? Like when did it sort of cross into that territory? Um, I think we get a lot of questions from girls stuck in that like friend friend relationship zone. Mm-hmm. Um, how could you tell? I think Carl specifically should answer this. How could you tell that she was interested? We get a lot of girls saying like, "How do I let well, a guy know I like him without yeah. like scaring him away?" Well, before Carl has a really good story about this, but before I have to say, I really thought that when I saw my husband, I would know it. That, like, like I just would, an aura. Yes. <laughs> like, I thought that there'd be, like, this, like, spiritual sticky note on his forehead that said, like, Stephanie May, this is your husband. This is for you. Um, Special delivery. Totally. And <laughs> didn't have that on his forehead. Um, and, like, I think that um, a lot of the girls that, you know, we talk to, Mari, are really scared of dating because they feel like, well, shouldn't I just know before mm-hmm. before we go on a date? Shouldn't I know this is my person? Well, I looked, Carl, we were telling the story yesterday one of the first interactions I had with Carl, all the first interactions were very scary and not good <laughs> because Carl was really intimidating. Um, the way that they, they kind of plopped me in the marketing department and were like, here, she'll be in charge of this. And so like the whole team was like, we didn't need that. Who person. is this chick? <laughs> yeah. Who so, does this girl think so she so is? So Carl yeah. was like, not like, no one was super warm to me when I first got there. And um, so oh, I was really, I, I was it's not sad. sad. <laughs> She's fine. It turned out. All right. Um, I, guess I was so. like, Happy totally, ending. I was totally intimidated by Carl. Cause he just was so smart. And, and I just felt like I remember sitting at his desk going, Stephanie use all of your big SAT words. And so like, <laughs> I was not checking him out. I was like trying to impress him. And like, yeah. So, I mean, I had this moment where I was like, is that my husband? And I thought, I really don't think so. Couldn't be. It couldn't be. Couldn't, so, couldn't be. So for the first like month that we knew each other, I was intimidated by him and just trying to impress him like purely on a work level. And it was Carl who like took things to the romantic place. And I was like, totally. <laughs> <laughs> took things to the romantic place. Explain, yeah. <laughs> um, I think the same thing was true. I kind of had this thing of like, who does this chick think she is? <laughs> and um, wasn't, re- I mean, I was not looking um, to like be in a relationship or anything like that. Um, and I think it just like the more I kind of got to know her, I was like, okay, maybe. Um, it was definitely not like a love at first sight thing or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um so, like, Carl was not putting off any vibes. No. No, and neither was Stephanie. Like, we were both just so kind of doing our own thing. We were just kind of doing our own thing. But, no, I mean, there is. Like, we... It it was... I think a series of, like, kind of taking chances, right? Like, okay. so a friend of mine happened to be... This is, like, pretty nerdy, but, like, oh going gosh. to... You were going to go we, He go didn't ahead. have a TV. My friend, like, lived in this lake house, and they didn't have a TV or whatever. And so we were going to go. It was the 
uh, this was 2012, 12. so it was uh, election time. So the vice presidential debates of all things were going on, and he was going over to their house for whatever reason, their apartment, to watch. To watch the vice presidential yes. election. Yes, my yes. friend. And so, so I'm like, unsexy, so I'm like well, I'll, I'll, do, I'll hang out with you and do this. Oh, you're going there? Okay, let's give it a shot. Like, okay. maybe, like let's just see what... Stephanie's like outside of like I'll just tag along yeah and yeah and so we actually ended up going to the wrong apartment and it was this whole thing and then we found them but Steph was like in her pajamas they were eating (laughs) as Steph often is oh often is (laughs) they were eating pumpkin pan like we walk in there's this giant stack of pumpkin pancakes (laughs) like they're both drinking a beer and they have a tub of butter and a tub of sugar. And Stephanie is dipping these pancakes in this butter and then in the sugar and just Wait, like eating them. like powdered sugar? Nope. Granulated, granulated sugar. white bleach Stop. sugar. Stephanie you know She better. remembers it differently, but I am totally right that this is what she was doing. And kind and of like. beer? This is, yeah, and also a beer, washing this down. How could you like, not fall for her Okay, then? giant stack of yeah. pancakes. Pick up the pancake, like like wipe it through the butter, dip it in the sugar to like get it on there, and then like eat it. And she uh, she does remember it differently, but like kind of the, I don't know. This is that's what like the spark. That's what won that's, you that's over. kind of like that did it for got it not started. But that's why I'm like I I don't know I don't know what that like like what the significance of that night was other than it was like the first time we really really hung out outside of the office. And I was like, okay, like, I got this like, girl this girl, her best there's life. more, yeah, there's more <laughs> going on. There's more to this story. But it was one of those things of like, I didn't wait around for the perfect timer. It was like, it was like kind of a slow ramp up of like, okay. okay, the classic, like, let's hang out with some other people in a very, like, if it's something, it can be an excuse to hang out again. Okay. If it's not, it's just hanging out with friends. Like, so you were like super toe in the water. about it. It wasn't like. I don't know how intentional I was about it, like on no, purpose, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, okay, well then next step would be to. But I feel like the moment that, at least like you've talked about it, the moment that you were like, oh, oh no, this is a thing. Yeah. Came a little bit later. Yeah, it did. And, but that kind of like was like. We the, had to hear that story. The step though. up. Yeah. Yeah. Really, that story sets up. That's a podcast exclusive. You exactly. I'm going to tell you. Exactly. I'm going to tell you I was not wiping the pancakes. Uh, oh, absolutely. Like, the way I, re- the way I remember it is the only thing that matters. Yeah. Um, oh and so anyway, the way I, I realized um, that I actually liked Steph, we, we were um, working for this organization, right? And she was going to give a talk at this, um, at this thing. And so she gets up and I'm kind of off to the side. I actually was supposed to be in another meeting and I snuck out of the meeting to hear her speak again, just because I had a hunch, you know? And so she gets up and she talks and she kind of tells her story and the her talk was fine. That wasn't really what it was about. Afterwards, though, I'm standing there kind of off to the side and she like kind of walks over and slowly like this kind of line forms of girls and they all like wait in line patiently to say, Stephanie, like you don't know me, but I've been following your writing and this is what that means to me. Like oh, wow. this has made like a huge impact in my life. Like this the same thing over and over and over. You don't know me, but this is what you're writing. This is what you're speaking. This is what, you know, your story has meant to me, Mm -hmm. how you've impacted me, how you've influenced me. And it was like, you know, a dozen girls or something like that. And it was kind of in that moment where 
I just had like, I thought if all of these people who have never met this woman have like, if she's had this impact on them and they don't even like, they never even met her. Mm-hmm. How great must it be to be like, actually be her friend and actually I-R-F have you be exactly in her life. Mm-hmm. And there's something here. Like there's something to this girl that's worth like that I want to find and I want to discover. Aww. And so then we like I asked her out. Mm-hmm. Uh, she asked. Oh, she asked me for a mm-hmm. restaurant recommendation. recommendation in Atlanta. So I got to school in Atlanta. So I knew Atlanta. But you guys, I'm telling you, like, that's a well, actually pro tip. Uh, yeah, pro kind tip. of. Sneak yeah. Pro tip. A little bit that she was like, hey, I'm going to be in Atlanta. Like, what's a good restaurant I should try out? And I said, oh, I'll show you. <laughs> and, that, and so then oh, that was this place you guys were working was near Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I thought you meant you were traveling. There. No, yeah. No. So yeah. I was like, oh, I'll take you to one. Yeah. He said, I'm not going to tell you, but I'll show you. Oh, and I was like, Carl Smith. Yeah, very small Go Carl. Carl, yep. Carl. So that was kind of how it started. Yep. Okay. So Steph moving into your first date. Um, I feel like you told this story in one of the books. I think it's the devotional in Steph's devotional. Yeah. She talks about this. Um, your first date framed against sort of the background of another first date you had been on before Carl. I just think it's oh. a really beautiful story. I was hoping you could tell like yes. the the quick yeah Cliff Notes version because um, I love it. So it wasn't our first date. Our first date um, was something different. But this was like we had been dating for about two weeks, um, and we kind of as we started dating, we were like at first my first our first date. I did not know anything. I no part of me was like, this is something I, I was c- kind of a little bit behind, um, behind him. I just, I, it was, I was a couple steps behind trying to figure out like how I felt. Um, cause he kind of took me by surprise asking me out. Um, but it was a couple weeks in and I mean, things kind of happened fast. We were like, Oh, you are special. Like I've dated before. This is something special. And so we're, we were laying under the Christmas tree in my apartment and we were talking and somehow we got started telling our stories, kind of our testimonies. And Carl asked me for mine first. And, um, I gave him a total Cliff's Notes version, like just skimming over all of the like hard details because the last person I dated before Carl, I had told him my real story, which, I mean, if you guys have read Lips at Gospel, like, you know, most of it, um, it's rated G. No, it's not rated G. And so, oh. I mean, I told this guy my story and most people, when I told them the story, I mean, what I did in my messy past is not the point. The point is like, look how good God is and look at what he saved me from. Look how much he's changed me. But that boyfriend like did not see that. He, mm-hmm. um, uh, some people like, you know, I, I've told my story before and people have kind of teared up. He teared up, but like didn't stop. And they weren't good tears. They were like hurt tears. And he was like shocked at my past and, and honestly, like really disappointed. And he told me that he couldn't see me the same way anymore because, because of what I had done. Um, and so when it, when it came time to telling Carl my story, I was like, I'm not doing that again. Like, I'll tell you mm-hmm. the quick story. Well, so I tell it and I kind of get through it. And I'm like, all right, your turn. And he tells me his real story and, um, told me the truth about the decisions he's made and the mistakes he's made. And, and I got to see how God had worked so beautifully in this man's life because of like God had redeemed him and mm-hmm. saved him. And, and, um, and I could see the grace and the redemption all over his life because he told me the real story of what he'd been through. And, um, and so when he was done, I mean, I was in tears, but like totally the good kind. 
And I said, you know, I think I need to actually tell my story again. Um, I love that. And it was, it was, it was really, really cool. Especially framed against your answer from earlier that you were looking for someone who understood grace and redemption and like, clearly she was looking for the same thing. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Do you want to add anything about your first date, your first few weeks of dating? Oh, we, um, it I mean, obviously a, the food was amazing because you're Carl, so... Yeah, we, yeah, we did some fun stuff. Uh, the first date actually was like a whole a whole thing, and I was like <laughs> was kind of a mess. late, and... He picked me up at like 10.45, which I'm going to say... P.M.? P.M. I'm going to say, <laughs> if a guy picks you up at 10.45, that's usually a really bad sign. In this, this case, it wasn't. It was but like, you said, I'm not going to judge, I'm going to give it a shot, and yeah, you went for it. I did. Worked out all right. So... <laughs> Um, we, I took it to my favorite place. I had this, I had this place, um, that I like to go to again cause I needed some alone time. So I would go, we lived on a lake and so there was like this one spot on this lake and I just really liked it and I thought it was cool. And so I would go there by myself, uh, sometimes like when I just wanted to kind of get away from things and cause I lived with like four, you know, other people. And so just sometimes needed a little break. And so I was like, I was like, I don't know. I want to show you this. Like, I want to show you this thing that's that's special to me or is cool. And so I picked her up, and we, it was kind of chilly because it was a little later. <laughs> and we went and got a hot chocolate, and then I took her to this place. On the surface, it's a little bit. It could be a little bit creepy, maybe. Because I'm like, here, let me pick you up late at night and take you take down you to, to the lake. Yeah, take down you to the lake. Totally. Yeah, take you down to the lake. Uh, <laughs> Here's the hot chocolate. I'm really a good guy. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, but. It worked out well and it was great. And the the small caveat to that again is like, or the this footnote is if I was the kind of person who just like sat inside by myself all the time and did nothing, like I don't know what I would have done. Like I would have come up with something, but I wouldn't have had this mm-hmm. thing, this cool thing to show her. And I feel like yeah. that's one of the coolest parts about dating, especially like early on, is like let me show you the things I like. Let me show you the things that I've discovered about the world and, I've and about myself. I've been making the most of my single life. Exactly. What I have. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I have things to show you. I have things to, like, tell you and to talk about and to, like, mm-hmm. I want to discover things together. And there's give and take to that. Like, I want you to show me things and I want to show you things. And mm-hmm. that's exciting. And so we have to have things to show each other. We have to yeah. have things to 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 teach each other and, and things to explore together. And so that was a cool part of it. And then we hung out a bunch. And then I left the country for like three weeks or something like Goodness. that. Yeah. So we, we, Carl originally asked me out on a Sunday for the following Saturday. Cause he was going to take me to the Georgia tech homecoming game. Um, and, but then it was like Monday and he was like, well, actually, no, let's, let's hang out tonight. So we hung out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Saturday Aww. was supposed to be our first date, but we'd gone on a bunch by then. So we hung out like nonstop, but we hadn't really told people in our office that we were dating yet. Um, and, but I mean, we were hanging out like all the time. Like we were, yeah, we were hanging out all the time. Well, then yeah, he leaves because he was doing, um, kind of a vision trip for some, some kind of mission work, some like humanitarian, like social business work, um, in Thailand and Cambodia. And so he left. And so I'm sitting back at the office with this like secret, like, Oh my gosh, like, is this a thing? I don't know what's going on. Well, in the meantime, while he was gone, we were like texting or like, um, like Skype messaging, whatever, you know, you could do, um, from like, across the world. And somewhere in there, he ended up calling me his girlfriend. And I was like, I was like talking nonchalantly about it. And she was, how long had you been dating at this point? Two weeks. Yeah. A couple of okay. weeks. Yeah. Uh, but we had, uh, we had gone on lots of dates. That's the whole thing you squeezed a lot about the whole thing. It was okay, very yeah, condensed, was condensed and concentrated. 
And so we were talking and I had, I referenced her as my girlfriend to her. Yep. Did your heart just stop beating when you pressed enter? Or you didn't? I don't we were know Sky- he, like we were Skyping. I don't know if he. We oh, were, in co- like conversations. No, Skyping, we were. Ty- we were chatting. typing. We were typing. Oh. And I like. My, no, I didn't even think about it because in my head she was just my girlfriend. Like, that's my Stephanie. And like I was not. I'm not normally like the sassy, sarcastic one, but I totally was in that moment because then I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" And I was so excited. My heart stopped. But then I like paused and wrote back like dot 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 girlfriend a or something, uh-huh. and then he backtracked and was like. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know if that's okay. Is that okay? Or is that, I'm so sorry. Whatever. And then I was like, yeah, that's okay. I like that. And so then, <laughs> then you're officially, yeah. officially together. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Very cute. Okay. So before I force Carl to tell the proposal story, we've got a lot of questions about how did you know that each other was the one? Totally. Which I feel like a lot of people have answers for that are super unhelpful and cliched. Like, oh, you'll just know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, no one puts a sticky note on their forehead. You don't actually know. So for you guys, did you have like that one distilling moment? I So um, I didn't know for a really long time. And I think so what happened was we started dating and and it was going so well. And he we had dated enough to know like the difference between just someone and and someone really special. And so, yeah. I mean, it took us a week to be like, oh my gosh, this person is, is a big deal. And actually, it was like maybe a month later, maybe six weeks. We'll give you six weeks. But we were each home over Thanksgiving and um, we were actually Skyping face-to-face. And Carl told me over Skype that he wanted to marry me. It had been six weeks. My okay, like Carl. heart did a backflip. I I mean, and it was such a cool moment. And I knew like I felt did that same, freak you out? Not initially. At first I was really excited and we kind of were talking about like I mean, part of us, like, we kind of started talking about like, do we get married really fast? Like if we know, we know. But then I got really freaked out. And I had never that I can really remember, I'd never really struggled with anxiety before. Um, but I like started struggling really bad with anxiety as I was really trying to figure out like, how do I actually know if I want to marry this person? Um, because yeah, people say you just know. And, and when, and like in past relationships, I feel like I'd been so giddy and like head over heels and like, of course I want to marry you. But I, I wanted to make a really good decision and I knew that this was permanent. And so all of a sudden I'm looking at our relationship. I'm not feeling it anymore. I'm looking at it like really, um, I'm, I'm scrutinizing it. Like, how do I know if this is real? Like, shut up feelings. Like, how do I figure out if this person's right for me? And I mean, I'm asking for advice everywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, my anxiety was like through the roof about it because you just, it's a really big deal. And, um, I feel like I just felt totally the weight of that. And so there were so many times at one point we decided we were going to stop talking about marriage so we like completely took it off the table, um, and you know we had been like, let's do because it because it was freaking because out it was freaking so much. Me out so much. If we yeah. had to, re- if we were referencing it, we would go like, sometime in the future we're going to have a big party. <laughs> like we had to yeah. come up with this euphemism like that for else. a wedding, yeah. yeah. But it just wasn't. It was yeah. just a, way, a different way of thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, we like stopped talking about it, and you know, at one point we were like, okay, no, we're just we're just dating. And Carl's like, Steph, like take your time. Like this is you're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there were times where like, I mean, I cried so much during our dating season as I just was freaking out about it, just trying to figure it out. Like, what the heck does it mean you're supposed to just know? I didn't just I didn't trust my feelings anymore because I had 
you know, thought that I had found the one so many times. Like, how mm-hmm. do I know if this is real? And um, and so I like there were so many times. There were times where I told Carl to his face, like, I don't know if I'm supposed to marry you, mm-hmm. um, which is not a, like a, a super nice thing to say, but. To be- <laughs> <laughs> the thing that hon- it's a very time. honest thing to say. And I think that I really it wanted to be... It does. <laughs> I wanted to be really sure by the time you proposed, I wanted to be positive. Yeah. Um. So what helped you move past... It was actually how Carl handled my anxiety. Because he... Interesting. He didn't run... He didn't, like, have his feelings hurt and run away from me and say, fine. Like, in, in past relationships, I felt like I was the only one holding it up. Like, if I had a shred of doubt, the whole thing would fall. Um, I had a thousand shreds of doubt, and Carl was holding it up, holding it together, holding me together, coming closer to me instead of, like, pushing me away. Mm-hmm. Um, like, talking through it with me, loving me through it, not, like, judging me for my feelings or um, he, like, understood it. it. I mean, he really, like, walked me through the the process of trying to figure out if this is what I wanted for my life. And so, um, it was really that, um, and and really I finally had the moment where it's like, you just know, well, I finally had it the following Thanksgiving. Um, and full year later. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if my anxiety shut up quite right away, but I mean, it was like months and I mean, our dating relationship was going really well, but it's like, I could just sink into this anxiety about it. Um, I went to a counselor and, um, so that was, that was helpful, but, um, but finally, after like thinking and praying and talking to people and processing through it and, and seeing Carl like love me through this, he came home um, for Thanksgiving with me. Um, and finally, just in a moment, I'm, I'm walking around this track at my gym at home and I felt like God kind of put his hand on me and said, okay, you're ready now. And I came home from the gym and I told Carl, I'm ready now. I'm not going to change my mind. I'm sure. And I wrote him like a piece of paper, like a little contract, which would be way cuter if I had cute handwriting. It's super ugly. <laughs> but I still have it, Carl. Uh, it's, I think we have it somewhere. Yeah, we have it somewhere. Um, but I for sure like wrote him a contract and said like, I'm sure I'm ready <laughs> now. But it took me a full year to get there. And so when yeah. people say yeah. that they're scared of getting married or afraid about making the decision or whatever, like I'm with you. And the biggest piece of advice I could give is one, see a counselor because anxiety is real. And two, um, I would say, watch how the person across from you responds to you yeah. because that'll actually tell you pretty much everything you need to know. Yep. I think that sort of answers. We got a reader question about how did Carl's actions affirm his character to you? It yep. sounds like that's exactly what it that's was. That's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you know? Cause you like, yeah, it sounds like you were just kind of gung ho from, uh, I knew pretty, like, and you will be mine. I knew pretty early on. <laughs> just get on board. Um, I, I mean, like we already talked about, I had dated enough people and gone through this process of figuring out who I was and not only what do I need, but what do I want and what does a good, healthy relationship look like? And so I kind of knew it when I like the irony of it is that usually I'm super analytical, right? And I'm the, the like checklist or the pros and cons list and all that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking about things very logically. And I think I, I was to a certain extent, but like Stephanie is trying to really break this down and figure out how to make a good decision and what's a bad decision and what are the pros and cons and the kind of almost a typical, I feel like here's all the things I'm looking for and he checks all of these boxes, but <laughs> doesn't do this and doesn't do this. And so how do you weigh that? And that's kind of how I am about other things, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't that way about this. And I don't know why. And I think that's kind of the, like when people like, yo, you just know, Stephanie didn't just know, but I, 
I did just know, but there was, it's deeper than that, right? Like it it was, it's deeper than that. And so there's that, that balance of, I'm usually, I would usually react the way Stephanie did and try and break it all down. But instead, because she was doing that, I just kind of, I don't know. I didn't need that. You knew because there was no way to know. Yeah. Because you knew you would just get there together. Yeah. And that's like, that was definitely that point of, of realizing there's no, there is no right answer. It's choose your own adventure. Yes. And who do I want to, to do this with? Um, do I think like there are some people maybe where like some people's story is that, and if the only, the only truth is like the reality that, you know, for people who think that God has put this one person in front of them and that's their one person that's the only person they can ever be with. Maybe that's true. I don't know the answer to that. I didn't have that thought. It was, there are lots of possible people Mm -hmm. that I can be with. We have like, it's up to us to make this, to make this person that one person. And I choose for this person to be that one person. And I was actually at a bachelor party with some friends and we were up early one morning and my friend David said to me, like dating this girl, I've been dating for a little while, had like, what's the deal? I'm going to marry this girl. And he said, how do you know? Like there's so many girls in the world. How do you know that she's the right one? And I said, I don't care. I don't care if she's the right one or if there's somebody better. There might be. I'm totally, and I'm totally okay with that. Like I accept the reality that there may be somebody, if I dated everyone, that there may be someone who is a better, like pros and cons On list. Paper, yeah, yes. There's somebody sense. who's a yeah. better fit or who checks more boxes or whatever, but I don't care. I'm done looking. I found the person that I'm ready to say, like, let's do let's this, do this together. together. Yeah. And that's after that, like, that's what, that's all that mattered. That's really good advice. I feel like between the two of you, between like head and heart, they mm-hmm. kind of have to work together for these decisions. Right. And it sounds like you both were like, a little bit more in either camp. And like we I mean we totally like fell in love. I mean like that's that seems like that's kind of like the obvious part of the story, you know, that yeah. like we like hung out like every waking moment. Like yeah. one, one time I ran into a girl who we worked with who's a little bit older and she I like looked awful and she just was like, "Huh?" She goes, "You haven't been sleeping, have you?" And I was like, "No." She goes, "You've been hanging out with Carl all the time?" "Yes." She goes, You'll start sleeping again at some point, I promise, but enjoy it. <laughs> it mean, wasn't really, about whether we we're in love or not. It no, was, no. what do we do with this now? Yeah, because like, I mean, you can, and I think that that's the thing that scared me is like, I could fall in love with a lot of people. You know, I think we we all have, you know, and and it was like, okay, when, so when do I know that this love is like that kind of extra, like next level? I want to, how do, like, how do I take this love and decide if this is the person or not? Um and so I like, I like what you said, Carl, because it seems like, I think a lot of times we make the marriage, the destination. Mm-hmm. And it's like, once you get to this place, all mm-hmm. of your problems will be solved. You'll be fulfilled in every single way. Like all these things, this person will complete you in every way. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, that was never actually the point. Like it, your journey of life is just continuing forward. And at some point you decide who you want to run with you. Mm-hmm. And so you're mm-hmm. still seeking the destination. Like you're not, yeah. you haven't arrived, mm-hmm. but it's like, who do you want your like your road trip buddy to be? Yeah. Who do you want your your yeah. your your partner to be alongside you? And like, who's going to make the trip the most fun and the best and help you run fastest and like kiss you along the way? I don't know. At the risk of like the cheesiest analogy or metaphor ever, yeah, we tend to think of marriage as the destination when in reality it's the starting point. And 
like, so if, if marriage is a road trip, right? Like the wedding day is like, you get in the car and you buckle your seatbelt and you like, that's like, you turn on the ignition. Mm -hmm. But like I was saying before, like you may still be in your driveway. Like there's the journey is all ahead of you. But also there's all the things that lead up to it. There's planning and there's preparation. You have to go buy snacks and you have to kind of map out a route that you want to take. And if you do that separately, right, like there's got to be a period of, okay, here's an idea of where I would want to go. And this person in like their single life is mapping out this idea of like, okay, here's the things that I want to see. And you get together and you go, oh, like we have some similar points. They don't all have to be exactly the same. Yeah. You don't have to have the same snacks and you don't have to have like People all the same things. People very differently. Right. Yeah. But going, yeah, like I want to go the places that you want to go. It's just the beginning of that, but you've yeah. got to have that. There's all that preparation still. There's all that leading up to that, that helps you like helps inform that whole journey. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that um, a lot of people ask like why it's important for like, like what is the the what is the verse about being equally yoked mean and like how do you choose like obviously how do you choose a partner and I think that a big thing that I always say is like you need to figure out where that person's going and if you want to go there too mm-hmm. because like if you're headed north and I want to head south either I drag you south which is not good for you you drag me north which means I don't get to live the life I want or neither of us win and we're going west mm-hmm. and like and the point resent each other and you resent yeah. each other yeah and so it's like. <laughs> That's what you're figuring out as you're in your single life. And and that's like the planning and the mapping out that you don't have to want to go to the exact same places. But when I looked at your life, Carl, and as we were meeting and getting to know each other, I knew that like, for the most part, if I got in the car with you and didn't even drive, we would pretty much go where I wanted to go anyway, Mm -hmm. um, that we wanted to go to the same places. And of course I'm like driving with you, but, um, I knew that we we were headed in the same direction and that we wanted the same things out of life. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. Which is why I think like to wrap up this little analogy and then we can <laughs> totally move on. Mm-hmm. But like we had both <laughs> taken some small road trips on our own, right? Like you had explored some places and some things like literally, but also, you know, figuratively to know. I like what's in that direction or yeah. I don't like what's in that direction. Because you were making the most of your single life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> keep coming back to it. It's um, so easy to throw that phrase in there. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Moving analogy. On. Glad you brought that up. Okay. So we are running low on time. So Carl. Yeah. Quick version. How did you propose? How long had you guys been together before you did? So like you had this year of figuring out, yeah, let's do this. Um, We had we'll been dating a uh, little over a year. Yeah. Um, So we started okay. dating in like October of uh 2012 12 and we got engaged in december of 2013 and then we got married the summer of 2014 so the whole thing was you know yeah like two years Mm -hmm. two and a half years how did you propose um i with that time we talked about when i went to stephanie's house for thanksgiving and she kind of said okay now like I'm ready. I had already started like saving money to like buy a ring. And that was important too, um, that we didn't talk about, but like that was one of a few reasons why I hadn't proposed yet. Like one, cause we, she hadn't said that she was ready. <laughs> she was still freaking out. She was still <laughs> freaking out, but also because that was important to me to have, like, I'm totally fine. And I totally get 
like the we have what we have and this is like this is the ring that we have and stuff and like that's that's totally good like it's not about that like it's not about a ring right like that's that story and that's fine for me it was the discipline like part of i in some way becoming the person that i wanted to be preparing to be a husband and all that kind of stuff was like no it's important to me to like save money and i wasn't making a ton of money at the time but it was like i want to sacrifice for this i want to save money for this and i want something that like I'm proud to give her and not like, again, not in like a material way specifically, but just, I want this to be something that, that cost me something. Um, and that I'm proud of, I want to do a good job. Um, and that was part of that for me. So anyway, I was saving money and all that kind of stuff. And we go home for Thanksgiving and I meet her family. Maybe I think the second second time. time. Okay. Um, and at the end of the trip, she had just told me, like, okay, I think I'm ready. And then her mom comes in and goes, Carl, just don't wait forever. I'm like, I got this. I'm, it's going to be fine. Like, I got this. We love and you, so, man. yeah. So then I got home and I was like, oh, I don't really know. And I was still trying to save money or whatever. And my mom, I was talking to my mom about it. Uh, this was like two weeks before Christmas. And she's like, just do it. Just stop. Just do it. Like, I love you're going to come. I know your mom's like yeah, such yeah, yeah. the biggest fan. Oh, yeah. She's like, just, <laughs> just stop. Like, just like, don't stop waiting for it to be perfect or till all this stuff lines up. Like, just do it. Yeah. And so I went home uh, for Christmas and everything. And we booked a plane ticket. Um, this to, was planned? To Denver. Yeah. Okay. So we, I booked a plane Denver. ticket to Denver. Oh, no. Steph didn't know I was coming. Oh, that's what she I'm was, asking. Yeah, yeah. Okay, she was coming to my family's house the day after Christmas. And we were going to, we go to. Chicago every year after Christmas. And so she was going to come and go on that trip with us. And so Carl was the surprise was, was yeah, the surprise was I'm going to go to Denver on Christmas day and surprise okay. her. And so like Aww. a week before Christmas, we booked the plane ticket. I went to three different jewelry stores. Two of them were not good. One of them was the right one. <laughs> and if we had more time. I feel like I want you to explain. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Your analysis just, oh, was like, not good. No, it <laughs> was, any, I mean, <laughs> if you've been to a bad one, you know, um, <laughs> And so we went and they said, yeah, we can re- we can size this and have it ready for you in two days on Christmas Eve. And so I picked the ring up on Christmas Eve and then uh, flew to Denver on Christmas Day. And her sister picked me up from the airport and then her family did a great job of keeping a surprise. So her family and her friends did a great job of keeping okay. a surprise. And, and I showed up hanging out on Christmas, just having. Yeah, no we'll have to tell idea. that story. In your pajamas once in again. Pajamas yeah, once again. we'll tell that story another time. It's a longer story, but that's kind of the, okay. the deal is I showed Christmas up on Christmas Day. Day totally I have a present for you. Cliche. And uh, ring the doorbell. Ring Here's the doorbell. This, like garland of lights. Mistletoe. No, there are no. some probably somewhere, so, but yeah, no, okay. it wasn't. But I like opened the door and crossed standing on my doorstep and like a boy doesn't come visit you from like it's, I was going there tomorrow. Like it, yeah. a boy does not do that unless he's about to propose to you. And so I just started weeping. Yeah. So that was Cute. that's that. It was good best. story, guys. It was yeah. the best. I feel like I have to put it out there because this is a podcast and not televised stuff and I keep doing and I feel like all girls do it this the look of like oh cute <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. as Carl tells these story every once in a while stuff and I will just look at each other and do the head tilt like oh. <laughs> yep. yeah. so you guys he proposes you guys get married have a wonderful wedding which is a story and a photo album for another totally. day yeah. yeah what have you found to be surprisingly difficult about marriage and surprisingly easy Short version answers. Yeah. Yeah. I think... I'm trying to think about difficult. Um, 
I think that one of the things that's been difficult is like planning your time together, maybe or not, not your time together, but like, um, managing our, our collective schedules. Like, okay. yeah, there's, I mean, like that's kind of a lame answer. I feel like, but it's a very practical one of like the logistics of two human combining lives yeah. into one. Like, I think that was a question somebody asked on Instagram was like, um, how do you guys like delegate tasks or things like that? Oh, and yeah. like, that's, that's to me, one of the hardest things is like the realization that like, Oh, we both have to eat every day and someone has to like, think about that. And neither of us want to cook. And yeah. Yeah. There are days we come home from work and it's like, no, I don't want to do that. Or what you mean? You didn't do laundry. <laughs> oh, I didn't do laundry either. Now, neither of us has socks. Like, and, and I, yeah. and like, I don't fit into the, like, traditional gender role of, like, being, like, I'm not a great, like, a homemaker, and you don't expect me to be a great homemaker. Like, we're right. very much a team, which also means, like, ooh, no one wants to cook. Or, like, yeah. oh yeah. shoot, no one did laundry. So, yeah, but I think, like, it's there's so much um, about combining two lives where you just, um, like, planning things like Christmases. And, well, actually, our families have been amazing about Christmas and Thanksgiving, yeah. and they've been so good about that. But, like... We have double the friend weddings to go to. Yeah. Like we're planning that right now. Like I think planning trips together and figuring mm-hmm. out um, like what for your work schedule when you need to be home and like, you know, and but I want to leave or vice versa, yeah. or, you know, just figuring out like some of the logistics. I okay. think it's you just there's there's more to it because there's two of you. So I think yeah. that that's like that's the most I think that's yeah, the, that's the stuff you don't see. The coming. difficult. Yeah. Yeah. The difficult piece. And if I think there's anything we've learned, it's like learn what needs to ha- what you need to put in place to be able to like make decisions about that or learn like what kind of things you just need be okay with the fact that yes. your relationship has things that neither of you want to do and yeah. come up with a plan to like that's the stuff that takes away at you. yeah it's just the silly yeah. things yeah. the practical things yeah. right like it's really not that you attention. have to be everything or have it all figured out or that you have to be those specific roles you just have to address like you just have to come up with a solution for you it doesn't yeah. have to be the same solution as everybody else yeah but like do the work of figuring out what that solution is and yeah if we have to eat every day yeah. like okay what's our plan for that and be okay. willing to do the difficult yeah. Yeah. thing of trading off or whatever and then surprisingly easy thing i think that and people don't say this enough but like i think marriage is so fun I yeah. think that marriage is so like, and you we, didn't expect it to be. No, because everyone always talks about how you're hard trying to it be is. fun, but the yeah, it's. I feel like the overwhelming thing that people say is marriage is so hard. Marriage is so hard. So at some point, especially you're like, the beginning. Oh, your I first couple this? years, you're like, oh, good luck. Yeah, yeah. Third, oh, yeah. this first year Thanks. is great, honey. You have this honeymoon stage or whatever, but then life gets rough. So get ready, like, you're like. Oh, no detour. No, yeah. you take that back. Like, <laughs> How dare you put yeah, that on me? Yeah. It's been like, we have so much fun. Like, we totally like disagree and hurt each other's feelings sometimes and stuff, but like, I don't, but like the vast majority of our time is so fun. Like, we make each other laugh all the time. Yeah. We have so much fun together. We're best friends. Like, like every day with you is fun. And yeah. and I just Everyone said it was so hard. And uh, yeah, of course, combining to uh, relate any relationship is hard and combining two lives together is like there are hard days and stuff. But like that's it's been surprised, like just so wonderfully surprising to me how much fun yeah. being married to you is. Yep. I think it's good. Um, how do you study the Bible? Do you study the Bible together and how do you do it? Um, we were talking do you guys about have like together Bible time? We don't. My actually. husband and I don't. So no. I don't expect that. Um it's one of those things I feel like people think people 
do, and some people totally do. We were talking about this last night, actually, um, and we both realized, like, I don't know that I want to study the Bible the way that you do. And, like, I don't know that I would get anything out of it. Like, she was, yeah, like, I don't know that I would get anything out of the way that you read the Bible. So we definitely, like, share thoughts and, like, feelings about different things, like, Obviously, they go to church together and we talk about that kind of thing. But as far as like study, we just have different learning styles and different ways of like connecting, um, I think, with God in a in that kind of environment. And so we're okay like not having formal study hour together. Like, yeah, it's cool, though, because I think that when like people always ask me, they're like, what does it take to have a godly marriage? And like. I don't know. I mean, maybe some of those habits are, I'm sure those habits are helpful for some people, but I think it's like two people seeking the Lord who like do it side by side and like connect over it, you know? Like, so I think that Carl is seeking God in his life, in his way, and like Mm -hmm. learning all the backstory and the context and the history and all those things that I'm like. Someone like break down like the Greek and like Uh follow these thematic lines (laughs) throughout the Bible. And so, like, but we each get to, you know, like, I'll be like, Carl, this is what God's doing in my life these days, or will you pray with me about this, or this is what I learned, or Carl be like, you know, guess what I learned today, and and so we can connect over that, but mm-hmm. yeah, if we actually had study time together, it would be a disaster. Yeah. Both of us would be bored out of our minds. Honestly, yeah. like, one of the biggest things I feel like is that we both are, I think, pretty good about, like, we talk, we actively, like, in all kinds of situations, listen for God and we're totally fine with like saying you know what think God's saying this I think that we're like we need to do this or I think like and that's I feel like so like I learn a lot about the character and nature of God by the way that God speaks to Stephanie or the Mm -hmm. way that Stephanie interacts with him and not that we have to sit down and study specific things but like I see it very practically yeah of I like yeah, just the character and nature of God in our everyday lives as he speaks and interacts with us mm-hmm. individually. And then obviously that like that overlaps. Yeah. yeah. And connecting to God and learning how to hear from him and learning how to apply his truth, like learning what that is and how to apply it in our lives. Like that's something we started so long before we met each other. And mm-hmm. it's something we're continuing like now, you know, we're still totally on the path, but so much of what we learn, like our, the foundation of our relationships with God have carried us so far in marriage and all of that happened before we got married. I love that. All right. Last rapid fire question on the count of 10. I'll give you 10 seconds to think about it. You have to say at the same time okay, and you have to do it because it's not fair to leave the other person hanging. Okay. You have to say one word. You have to distill your significant other that you love so much into one word. Oh my gosh. (laughs) One descriptive Adjective. Or mm. maybe not adjective. You can make up a word if you need to. I'm going to count to ten. Oh, my God. One, think quickly. This is hard. Six. This, this is, hard. is so hard. Three. Four. I'm so nervous. Five. Six. Seven. Eight. Nine. Ten. Go. Brain. Five. <laughs> oh, cute. Yeah, said friend, right? You said friend. Like, for me, but that is so much of the relationship that Stephanie has and the way that people see her is. Oh, like, totally. She's such a good friend, and so quickly people think of her as a friend. 
that like not only is she a really good one, but she people put her in that place oh, yeah. in their lives. And so absolutely she is my like wife and that's so much bigger yeah. than friend. Yeah, she is my wife. But <laughs> also like she um all of the things that I think make her a good friend make her a really exceptional yeah. wife. So good answer, Carl. Oh, I had a really hard time. I said wise. Steph said wise, yeah. Um and the thing is, like, Carl is so many things. He, we said at the beginning, knows everything about everything somehow, but he, like, has the ability to see people um, in a way that's so deep and warm. And, like, he sees what you're what you're showing him, but he also sees, like, your heart underneath, and he has a, an ability to, to speak to that. And can read minds. <laughs> so really, stuff. To really, like, understand what you're saying and, and who you are and what you need. And, um, and he also has the ability to help people understand things, both like concepts, but also like he, the reason I wanted you guys to hear from him is because Carl is absolutely my greatest advisor in life and my greatest confidant. And like, I learn stuff. I learn things all the time from Carl. Carl like leads me and guides me and, and counsels me and encourages me in so many areas of my life. And so I just feel like Carl has the ability to, like, he knows so many things and he's so wise and and warm in so many ways. And, um, and he's that for so many people. So an inside scoop, isn't it true that this podcast itself was Carl grew out of Carl's wisdom? It did. It was his idea so long ago. So babe, here we are. Here we are. We did it. Well, I think we're out of time. Thanks for letting bit. me have the one boy invite and then the no one boys boy. Well, the Pope. Totally. So. And oh, me, the and the, me and the Pope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not a me and the Pope. Totally. So until the Pope is available, I'll fill in I'll yeah. let him when know. needed. Yeah, next that. time I do. Cool. Um, and yeah, you guys will, um, we'll try to have Carl come back on again. Cause I know that we ha- got a lot of, like, I'm telling you, Car- Carl's so wise. And so we want to be able to have him weigh in on so many of the questions we have about like dating and relationships and single life and stuff. But one thing about that is truly Carl shows up a lot in the make the most of your single life. Course. I was going to say, if you just can't get enough, <laughs> have I got the course We think you. your priorities. Yeah. <laughs> no, but truly like one, we'll want to have you back, babe. But two, Carl shows up a lot in, in the Make the Most Your Single Life course. He's really spoken into that a lot. And he he shows up in several different interviews and different things in there. So if you want to get more Carl wisdom advice or like dating or single life or something, that I mean, we talk about that all. He's the, the, the token guy's perspective he that we go to. Yeah. yeah. Yay for Carl. <laughs> Carl. 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 Everyone together in Carl the cars. Carl the only yeah. guy invited to our podcast. Nice. Oh. Guys, collective high five. We did it. Friends, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Girls Night. I am so glad I got to share it with you. Don't forget that if you ever want to find any of the links for anything we talk about in our Girls Night episodes, you can always find those over in our show notes. Just head over to girlsnightpodcast.com and you'll find links for everything. My friends, that's it for today's episode, but we have so much good stuff ahead this season. And with that in mind, now is the perfect time to make sure you're subscribed. Subscribing to the show is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It won't send you an email or anything. It just makes sure your phone downloads the latest episode when a new one's released. And I did want to take a second to ask you a quick favor. If you enjoyed this episode, or if you've been a Girls' Night fan for a while now, would you take just two quick seconds to leave us a rating and review on iTunes? Those reviews help out our podcast so much, and it really would mean the world to me. So if you take two quick seconds to do that, I would be so grateful. Friends, thanks so much for joining me for Girls' Night, and I'll see you next week.